Hi, we're your hosts, Larray Spindler and Lori Subat, and we're commercial real estate brokers with Scout Real Estate in Calgary. And you're listening to Leasing Out Loud. You are listening to episode 26 of Leasing Out Loud with your host, Larray Spindler and Lori Suba. Welcome back, everybody. So this week, Larray, I think it would be great to talk about subleasing. It's kind of like the elephant in the room, right? Sometimes people have more space than they need. And Mm -hmm. we have had calls before where they're like, how do we get out of this? We signed this lease and we don't need the space anymore, or we need half of the space we used to occupy. And this is certainly a trend we're seeing in light of the current economic conditions for some folks. Yes. They've downsized their staff, their headcount, and suddenly are in more space than they need. Will reach out and say, what do I do? Mm-hmm. The answer is not running on your lease. <laughs> The answer is subleasing. This is an actual solution. And this is how a lot of tenants, if they find themselves in this situation, how they address it, and they are able to recoup some of the costs associated with their lease. Exactly. They've got a commitment. There's some sort of lease term remaining, whether that's eight months, two years, however long. Right. It's a mechanism to allow them to try and get someone else in there to help them cover the cost. Totally. No different than you could rent out a suite, provided it's legal, in your basement and get some revenue coming in. You can rent out or sublease out a portion of your space to get some additional revenue flowing. So there is a mechanism in most every lease, Larray, that's Mm -hmm. an assignment sublet clause. And if you pull up your lease and flip through that very riveting document, you will come to that clause. And that clause basically outlines the rules around Mm -hmm. your assignment or subleasing rights. So it will spell out what the process is, what you can or can't recoup. Yes. And what consent is required in terms of getting the landlord on board with this subleasing. Because typically it's not something that you would just undertake there would be a notice or a notification required to the landlord to let them know that you're doing this. Yes. Often there's a consent agreement that has to be signed by all parties. There's a process. It's all set out in the subleasing clause in your lease, though. Yes. And common theme is landlords want to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you typically have to go to them for prior written approval. Yeah. And typically they can't unreasonably withhold consent, Mm -hmm. but they could have some reasons in there that they could say, you know what, we're not down with this sublease. And I can give you an example. Often in a lease, it will say if the incoming subtenant has a history of default, no, they don't want them in the building. If the incoming tenant has a conflicting use, perhaps they have a tenant that has a restriction that says, you know what, you cannot have another design firm or another investment firm in the building. We are it. The landlord could say, no, I had that happen Mm -hmm. to me last year where it was an investment, a finance company that was coming in. The neighbor was a financial firm that had a restriction and deal died at consent stage because the landlord said, we can't actually authorize this. Yes. And went to the tenant and the tenant said, no, we're not down with that. (laughs) The financial firm, (laughs) we have our right for a reason. And no, you can't do that. So there are instances where a landlord could say no. Yes. 
And sometimes there's even restrictions if the landlord has their own vacant space mm-hmm. that they're marketing. Or if the incoming potential subtenant is a tenant in that portfolio that that landlord manages, right? So yes. they may say, hey, you can't have XYZ company who is a tenant of mine come and sublease and you benefit mm-hmm. as the sub-landlord and I lose out as a landlord. So there's lots of different reasons why it may or may not work. Another one that we saw, now obviously you'd need to do a really good job when it comes time for the lease negotiation to make sure that some of these items are managed, but mm-hmm. I've even seen you can sublease, but it can't be less than what you're paying on a head lease basis. Well, that kind of shoots you in the foot. Suddenly that writes right. not so great because chances are if you're subleasing, perhaps market conditions have changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> perhaps you're not going to get somebody to pay full freight for that sublease. So that is suddenly a more restrictive right. Right. And depending on market conditions, a variety of circumstances, we have seen that if you've got a good relationship with your landlord, sometimes they will look past (laughs) some of these things. But the important thing to remember is they can hang their hat on it. Mm -hmm, They have mm -hmm. the ability to, if it really comes down to it. Mm -hmm. And So the different factors of how they approve it, how they can say no, Mm -hmm. that can vary tremendously, Yeah, lease by lease. Definitely. Lorraine, it's also very interesting how this changes as the market changes. I remember when it was a very, very tight market, I'm talking about the office world, tight market, within that assignment subleasing clause, you have to go to get consent from the landlord. The landlord Mm -hmm. has the right, technically, in some instances, to take that space back. And that's what was happening. So people would say, I want to sublease a portion of my space, just a Mm -hmm. portion. And the landlord would say, yeah, no, we're taking the whole thing back and we're terminating and here's our notice. And so that happened. (laughs) It was kind of like this like chicken and egg. You didn't want to go to the landlord and say, hey, I kind of want to sublease half my space. Because what if they take it back and then you don't have Mm -hmm. a home? So it's it's just so funny (laughs) how it really can change depending on market conditions. But you're right. I think it really does help to have a great relationship with your landlord that can Mm -hmm. help you navigate that process. But just know that there's certain protocols that you have to follow if you're going to be subleasing space. There's certain things that you need to work through in terms of consent. There can be rules around the marketing of the space. You may not be able to market what that rate is. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be aware of what your lease says and what your rights are. Yeah. And it's an important mechanism and can have a lot of benefits. As you sign up for a lease, many people don't know what the future is going to be in five years, right? Mm -hmm. And we have these discussions a lot lately is what length of term are you comfortable with? Is it three or five or seven or 10? And yes, the future is unknown. So it's an important mechanism that can help you Mm -hmm. address your changing needs throughout a lease term. But there's still a lot of factors to consider and to be aware of up front. Yeah, super smart. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. We thought that would be a timely little tidbit of information for folks. If you are looking to sublease or thinking about what are we going to do with this excess space, those are some ideas for you. If you have any questions for us or you'd like to learn more about this topic, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us at hello at scoutrealestate.ca. 
Or you can always look us up on our LinkedIn profiles and reach mm-hmm. out that way. So under Lorraine Spindler or Lori Suba on LinkedIn, you can always also shoot us a note using that platform. Check out our website. We're on Instagram. I know. Lots of ways to find us. We're everywhere, Lorraine. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Hope you have a great week and hope to have you join us on our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. 